Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I cannot wait for my conversation today. I have been looking forward to this for weeks. Millions upon millions of women are struggling like never before with mental health, shame, perfectionism, body issues, control. That's just the tip of the iceberg. And we are believing lies about the limitations placed on our lives and the lies are choking out our joy. Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith is a board-certified internal medicine physician and author and popular speaker who shares biblical truths to help heal the body, mind, and spirit. Her brand new book, Set Free to Live Free, shows us how to break free from the seven specific mental ties holding us hostage. Welcome, Dr. Sandra, to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm so honored to have you here today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, I loved this book. I shared about it on social media. I'll be sharing about it over the next few weeks. My husband and I have pastored for three decades, and I agree with you like never before. We're seeing such a a secondary pandemic, an epidemic of mental health, emotional health. And on top of that, these lies that we believe, especially as women, and I know men listen here too. So men, if you're listening, don't tune out because some of these lies apply to you or will help you to understand in greater detail how to love and minister to the the woman that's in your life. So I want to dive into this free woman's creed, Dr. Sandra, that you share these truths that help us to replace the lies that we believe. And I love this statement and I'd love you to expound on it. Your only limitations are the ties you allow to bind you share with us what that means to you and why that starts to frame out this book. Yes. Well, I, when I think about just how most of us live our lives, we live it based off of what we believe. We, we, we function out of the capacity of our mind. Mm. And so when you're the capacity of your mind has been diminished, either because of a lie or because of something that you believe that simply is not biblical and not true, you will only expand to reach within the level of that capacity. So I feel like often we see people who, who feel as if their life is not going anywhere. They're stagnant. They're not seeing God blessing them or expanding them. And it's not that God's changed. It's that we have not allowed the, the capacity that's on our mind to be expanded, that renewal that's needed to actually see the growth. That's so good because if we're reading scripture, but we can't, the strongholds of these lies can get in the way of even the, the truth of scripture being able to permeate the way God designed it to. This book is so, for lack of a better word, freeing. And I know that was your intention, set free to live free. And in each section, you give us these five stages of freedom. Maybe we could expound on that for a minute. I love what you said. You cannot destroy what you will not confront. So why is confronting and moving through these stages so crucial for our freedom? Because you can get stuck in a stage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think sometimes we get stuck in that initial stage of illumination. So we consistently talk about the problem. We consistently talk about the struggle, the difficulty, that thing that we need to overcome, that stronghold. But then we don't go to really that next part of it, that part where you really then say, 
yes, I know that this exists. Now I actually want to do something about it hmm. because that activation part, that next step that that's needed, if we never get there, then there's no hope of actually ever getting free from it hmm. because we're just, we just keep regurgitating the, what we already know is where we're, we're at. And not actually moving through the process from, you know, activation to the transition, to the expulsion, to the detachment. We're not working through the process of actually getting free. And I think the other aspect of that kind of when we look at those stages is to understand that each stage has a season. Hmm. Sometimes you move through a stage really fast. Sometimes God sits you in a stage for a while because there's some, some inner growth, oftentimes that needs to be done, some spiritual maturity work, some character building, some other things that have to really be built up. Sometimes, you know, if you're functioning under this, God doesn't love me as much as he love everyone else kind of orphan spirit type mentality. Well, it's hard to get free in this place of envy when you are always feeling as if you have kind of, you're, you're functioning from a lesser ground than other people. Mm. How do we know if we're stuck? If someone's listening, because you, you, every section that you have a, a lie and a truth, just so listeners really understand, then she walks us through these five stages for each of the main lies. There are others that we believe, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you encourage us to take one lie at a time. That's enough to handle and sit with that and, and be aware that, Hey, I'm believing a lie. So how do we know if we're stuck somewhere and we're not really moving forward to the point of detaching from that lie and replacing it fully with truth? Yeah. If you find that you're consistently returning to that, that ineffective thought process. So if it's in the lie of, let's say perfection, if you find that every time you feel like God calls you to something or that you're prompted by Holy spirit to act in a certain way, if your conversation to yourself repetitively go back to, oh, but I need this to make it better. Oh, I can't do that yet until I have X, Y, Z. If you're consistently seeing that your progress is being held up because you're, you're continuing to try to make it perfect or to get it just right before you step out in faith, then you can, then it's very easy to see some of these lies as they keep pulling you back because there's no mm -hmm. movement. There's no forward progression. You know, I really feel like our lives with God should be this constant movement from one thing to another thing, from glory to glory, as the scripture says. And so that doesn't mean there's not going to be, you know, things along the way that are hiccups where you're learning and growing, but there should be progression. If we feel like we are not seeing progression, then there's something that's holding you in that place. Mm, I actually wrote that statement down. One of your key statements is free women move. And you don't just mean physically, although there is a, a section that we talk about that as well in the book, talk about a little bit more. Why in your estimation is, is the equivalent of free women move? And I know what you mean by that, but share a little bit more about that with us. Yes. Free women are free to move wherever God moves them to. You don't feel as if you are bound by titles. You're not bound by situations. You're not bound by the world, society, anything that might be COVID, anything else that might be going on. You feel the liberty to move as God is, is moving in your life. And so whatever that looks like for you, it could be physical. You know, it could be physically God's asking you to do something where you have to physically move. But sometimes it's movement in your mindset. It's movement from, oh, well, this was my capacity for this year, but now I see that God is expanding me out to, I don't just speak to women. I speak to 
women and men, or I don't just uh, speak about marriage, I'm speaking on leadership. And so allow yourself to be moved by Holy Spirit in whatever direction. You know, I love that, you know, when we talk about Holy Spirit, we talk about sometimes as the wind Mm -hmm. and the wind moves wherever it wants to go. We should have that same freedom as we're moving and being led by Holy Spirit. We're moving and we're not held back by anything, but we're free to move in whatever direction God leads. I love that. And you share a lot of personal stories of your clients, women that you have worked with. Is there one that stands out to you that you just saw such freedom and deliverance? You don't even have to use their real name, but I'd love for you to just share how you've seen this process be so effective in the lives of patients and women that you've worked with. Yes, real names are not used in the book. <laughs> clarify, there are yeah. names in there, but the names were were changed to protect people. But, sure. um, but yeah, the you know the one that that really probably stood out to me the most was the 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 one that I called Cameron within the book. Mm-hmm. Um, is her, she's the opening story. She's also the closing story. Um, but I think what stood out so much to me was just to see how she blossomed as the lies came off. But even as she was blossoming in some of these areas, you know, the initial couple of areas, perfection and envy and control and balance, some of the areas like the area of limitation, as you know, if you, as you've read the book, that area was still, it was as if it was one area that was trying to hold on for dear life. Yeah. Um, As much freedom as she had experienced in these other areas, she had one that really did not want to let go. And, you know, I think what stood out so much to me with with her journey is that each of us have these um, kind of heart wounds or soul wounds, you call it what you want, but we have these things that happen in our lives that hit harder in one area and almost it's it's as if the pain tries to reinforce the lie Hmm. and because the pain was so real that that it feels like it has the power to reinforce the lie, but, but it doesn't. God's word overcomes all pain, all wounds. And so we it just some we just have to recognize that there may be a lie in your life where the healing process does take longer. There may be a lie where there has to be more time spent kind of focusing on that particular one simply because the wounding that happened with that particular one was deeper than mm-hmm. let's say some of the others. That's so insightful. In fact, the woman you mentioned, that last story was pretty impacting for me because you challenged her to write down all of these desires of her heart and her list was very short and you challenged her with that. And it challenged me. In fact, I got out my notes app and I just took the lid off and let you know, just let God breathe on what my desires were. I think Dr. Sandra, sometimes we're afraid to even articulate what it is we would like to see. Maybe we're afraid to hope or hope seems indulgent, or we're afraid to dream that big. Why is it? Do you feel like we have a hard time letting go of limitations that we put on ourselves? I think a lot of us are heart sick, but we're not willing to say it. Hmm. You know, the word says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think a heart that is, that has been kind of plummeted by past disappointments Mm. that maybe had great expectations and it didn't happen in our timing. So we assume because it didn't happen in our timing that God didn't really say, and that's not oftentimes the case. It's just not his timing. And I think what we, we, what happens in those moments is that heart sickness actually 
makes it very toxic and hard for us to dream, to actually dream with God and to actually be open to whatever he says. Because, you know, what I find is oftentimes when God speaks to our hearts, those desires, those desires oftentimes originate, those pure desires, not the ones that are selfish and self-serving, but those pure kingdom-focused heart-centered desires, they originate in him. Hmm. They originate in him. And then we have to have the faith, courage, and really the, the belief system to voice it, to speak it out so that we agree with him. Hmm. You know, I love that in, you know, the scripture, when we, we, we hear the angel telling Mary, you're blessed and highly favored. You're going to have the savior of the world. Right. And she goes, be it unto me, as you've said, that yeah. is a, that is okay. That is my heart desire to have a healthy, <laughs> a healthy baby. Right. At mm-hmm. some point, maybe not in that moment, but at some point, most women want a healthy baby. Be it unto me. I can barely, uh, I can barely comprehend what you've just said. Mm-hmm. The dream, the vision is so ma- magnificent and big. I can't even wrap my head on, around it. But if that is the desire that you are placing in my heart, then be it unto me. And so that's the challenge that I say for most women, dream big with God, you know, and, and dream without the fear of disappointment, mm. because that's how we enter most of the dreams with God. Mm. What if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't, what if I get all my expectations up and I don't see it? What I always say is dream without a time limit, because mm. it's the time limit that brings the disappointment. When we take the time limit off and we just say, God, so be it unto me. You allow yourself then to flow in the freedom of knowing that every single thing that he leads you to is getting you one step closer to whatever that dream was. Mm, That's so powerful. And that really helps us with those self-limiting beliefs, self-sabotaging before we even start, or we don't think God is going to hear us or answer us or whatever, fill in the blank that we attach even to our requests. And the way you just shared that made me feel like what we're doing then is just posturing ourselves in a, in a posture of availability, be it unto me and aligning with what was on God's heart in the first place. If it wasn't a God driven desire, then, then that's not for us anyway. But if it's something he's birthing in us, why wouldn't we want to align with it, cooperate with the Holy spirit and get ourselves out of the way? I'm speaking to myself. I may or may not be preaching to myself in this very moment. So I want to drill down a couple of specific things that you mentioned. Uh, As I said, the whole book ministered to me so deeply. It's one of those books I'll go back. I'll read again. I'll realize I might be struggling in an area of a lie and uh, underline so many things. I just could not. I actually have it here. If you're watching set free to live free, breaking through the seven lies women tell themselves such a powerful resource. You talk about this. I love this statement. Your day should not become so routine that it does not require your presence. And I think we can get on autopilot. That's part of these lies. We have to interrupt those patterns. So how do we interrupt the patterns, especially when they need, when they lead to self-neglect in our life? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think for myself, when I think about this, when I'm thinking about, you know, what does my day look like? Whenever I start feeling like, you know, why am I doing this? Hmm. Like whatever the activity may be, why am I doing this? It's very helpful for me to kind of start thinking about it as, as a little bit different, not why am I doing it, but who can I help in the process of doing it? Hmm. Because I think sometimes when, when it's all about us and it's all about, 
well, this is boring, you know, if, especially, you know, if you're going to a day in, day out type job, you're thinking, oh, this is so boring. You know, I'm, I'm here, you know, doing whatever it is that your job may be. I'm just going to clock off my eight hours and leave, you know, and I'm just trying to make it through the end of the day so I can right. clock off this time and leave. When we change our mindset from, from really just time and our, our focus on what the day is doing to us, and think about what can I offer back into the day, you automatically put yourself present in the day because then you start thinking, well, who, who can I bless? Who am I gonna come in contact with? You know, if somebody drops off, uh, if UPS drops off something, maybe that person just needs a smile or a kind word or, or something. But you're now thinking about others and you're looking for opportunities for that. You're mm-hmm. looking for, can I just, can I be nice to the person at the drive-through? Hmm. You know, because most people are not nice to those people sure. who are working at the drive-through. You'd be amazed at how you can bless someone's day just by meeting them eye to eye. Because hmm. people don't do that a lot of times. One of the things that really that first makes me start thinking about this is, you know, I'll go through the drive-through to get a coffee most mornings. I love coffee, so <laughs> most mornings, and most of the time it's just like, oh, thank you. And I and it and it didn't dawn on me until probably a couple of years of doing this, I don't think I've ever looked at that person actually in the eye. Hmm. It's like, I take my, I'm looking at the drink because I'm like, you know, let me make sure it looks like it's the right thing. And then I I get in my car and I go. And the first day that I said, you know what, I'm going to really make an effort to whenever I'm going through a drive-through, I'm going to meet the person. I'm going to look at them eye to eye Hmm. and I'm going to find some way to say something uplifting to them. And I'm just going to assume that Holy Spirit can give me something nice to say or a smile or something to say as I'm going through. And as I started doing that, the very same Bartista that was giving me my drink most of the time, all of a sudden she would greet me before I even greeted her. Hmm. It's like we built a relationship simply because we just, I decided, you know, I'm going to treat you like a person and not just like someone who's serving me. I want to serve you too. Hmm. I love that. I love that. There's so much intentionality in that, that awareness of other people and our own needs to be clued in. Am I, am I present? Am I just kind of mundanely going through my day? My last book was a devotional called Astounded, and the subtitle is Encountering God in Everyday Moments. So I believe we can live that way, Dr. Sandra. I believe we can live with this intentionality of, I want to be present. Now I, do I miss the mark? Absolutely. There's days I'm distracted or I'm busy, or I just kind of fly through it and look back later. I even put in my phone as a reminder at the end of every day today, I'm grateful for, because it could have been a lousy day. A lot of things could have gone wrong or you, but there's somewhere we can look back and be grateful and be aware. So it's that awareness that I think you're talking about that intentionality that frames the way that we look at our situations and and even look at the people and interact with the people interrupt our patterns that we might typically go through takes intentionality. So thank you for speaking to that. I also personally love the section on control versus spontaneity. I think so many women find themselves in these positions of control. And that's of course, based in fear. We're afraid something's not going to turn out. So we're going to kind of go harder to control it. I'm sure as a medical doctor, you've seen the gamut of what control can do. And you ask this question of yourself and of others, what has control cost you? 
What an interesting way for us to think about control. So how can we stay open, Dr. Sandra, to spontaneity? How can we invite God's suddenly moments and his opportunities to surprise us, especially if we know we're a bit of a control freak? Yeah, you know, that's the thing about control. We feel like it's safer, like our life will be better, (laughs) more control we have on it. And so that mindset shift is to think about, you know, what happens when you try to control it all, because there's no room for, for God to step in with any supernatural or miracles or, Mm. or, you know, unexpected blessings or anything else. Uh, You know, if you're trying to really keep it all where you can manage it, you take out what he can bring to it. And so, you know, the, the part of that process for myself, I'll just speak for myself, (laughs) part of that process for me, because that's something that I struggle with. And I still struggle with is the ongoing battle to stay in a place of of seeing if I'm trying to control situations Mm. is to, to really reevaluate what is causing me to feel like the loss of control is unsafe. Mm. That's what we're battling against. Yeah. So if I can get to the place that I, I might kind of deepen my intimacy and my trust and, and really come under the, the thought process of God is good, even if certain situations are bad. And I solidify that belief in my heart and, and really make sure that I'm, I'm building the intimacy of that spiritual relationship so that it becomes what I just know to be true. Then I have less fear of losing control. Because it's that fear of, of, of kind of unstable ground, because the loss of control feels unstable. It doesn't feel safe. And we all like that feeling of kind of being secure and grounded and anchored. And, and really life with God doesn't feel like that. <laughs> That's so true. You're truly on the roller coaster with God and uh, living an adventure with God. It does not feel safe. It feels very unstable, but that you're not anchoring to the life you're anchoring to him. That's so good. That is so good. And I think over the last two and a half years, if we, if we look back at this kind of constant instability, if anything, it makes us more aware we're not in control. And no matter how hard you try to control something, we just don't have control over our circumstances most of the time, but we do have control over our responses, our reactions to our circumstances and what we choose to believe. And you hit the core crux of our belief system, Dr. Sandra, and what you just shared is we have to believe that God is good, that he's good, that he's good out there. The big, he is good, but he's also good to us. And that awareness, that trust allows us to welcome spontaneity and leave room for him to surprise us. I'm an adventure junkie. It's literally in my bio that I'm an adventure junkie. But at the same time, I tend to want to hold on to control and control circumstances. And I know it's fear behind that. And so I loved your chapter on that. I loved your your scriptures on the suddenly moments that are all throughout the Bible that God suddenly stepped in and intervened. And so maybe you're listening and you're feeling like you, the timing of God you think is off, you know, Dr. Saunders talked about timing today, but leave room for him to just astound you and to show up in a suddenly moment. And if we can let go of control and invite him into those places, what an amazing life that we have. Any other thoughts about that before I kind of move toward how they can connect with you and get their own copy? Yeah, just to reiterate that, because honestly, some of the best moments in my life have been those suddenly moments. 
Hmm. It's like you, you pray and you, you desire and you have expectation and you, you know, you, you, you sometimes like me, I, I beg God to have it happen within a certain time. And if it doesn't happen, sometimes you're just like, oh, well, maybe I heard God wrong, or maybe I didn't, you know, maybe I just got it wrong. Hmm. Um, and then when those suddenly moments occur, they're that much sweeter. And usually it's not, it's not within your timing. You don't oftentimes when those occur, it's not when you felt like what it was the right time, but they're so sweet in that when they occur, I found every suddenly moment that's occurred in my life has occurred at the perfect time. I didn't know it was the perfect time because I felt like when I wanted it was the perfect time. Right. But in hindsight, when you're looking back, you're like, had I received what I asked for, when I asked for it, I wasn't really ready. If I'm mm-hmm. honest, that's usually the case in most of those situations. That's so I, I think it's really important to just get, as you mentioned, get to that place where we just trust God deeper. That's really at the heart of being free. So true. And the more we know him and know his word, we talk here on the podcast about grounding our worth in the word instead mm-hmm. of the narrative of the world. And I so appreciated that all throughout your book, you have a lot of core scriptures that reinforce what you're talking about that help us to really own the truth and replace those lies. So the more we know the word of God, we know the character of God. And the more we know his character, the more we trust his character. So that process opens us up to be able to let go and to allow him to have full reign in our life, even to let go of the lies that we've held on to. Because what I've seen Dr. Sandra in my years as a pastor is the lies become labels. And before we know it, we're wearing these lies as labels. I'm too whatever, that God doesn't love me unless, and we wear a label and that frames the way we interact, not only with God, but with other people. And it changes the way we allow God to move and work in our lives. So I believe this message is so important. We have to address our mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, they're all connected And if we don't confront the lies, we can't move to being free for them. I had a counselor once say to me, it's not what happens to you that matters as much as what you believe about what happens to you. And so the more we dig into books like set free to live free, we might realize halfway through, I didn't even know. I believed that lie. I didn't even know that lie was you know, self-limiting or self-sabotaging. And I didn't know I needed to be moving toward a place of truth. So as you dig into the word, I'm telling you guys, get a copy of this set free to live free. It's such a powerful resource. Dr. Sandra, how can people connect with you? I know you speak, I know you are in high demand, but if people want to have you share with them, their organization, their church, and of course, get a personal copy of the book, how can they reach out and connect with you? Well, my main website is at ichoosemybestlife.com. And from there, they can get in contact me regarding any of those things. Uh, Links to the books are on there as well. Okay, that sounds wonderful. ichoosemybestlife.com. That's okay. And I'll make sure I put that in the show notes for us as well. Well, Dr. Sandra is going to pray over us in just a moment, but I want to end with one last question before she does. So we talk here about making our lives matter and you're making your life matter for the kingdom in such profound ways literally helping millions of, of especially women, but men and women now become free to live free the way God intends us to live. So I would love to know other than Jesus, what person in the Bible inspires you most to make life matter? I would probably say the life of Joseph, just looking at, I've had lots of opportunities in my life to 
feel as if, okay, I think I heard a word from God, had a dream, vision, prophetic word, whatever it is, right? Like yeah. Joseph did. And it's like everything opposite of that appears to be happening. And I think his life so impresses me because even as he's living through some of these horrific things that are completely opposite of what he had saw, he continues to have that mindset as we talked about of how can I be a blessing where I'm at? It doesn't look like what I expected. It's not where I thought I'd be, but how do I, how do I create the character necessary to keep moving forward and trusting God? Because that's what he did, mm. whether he was falsely accused or in the prison, whatever it was, he continued to let Holy Spirit work within him to, to increase his capacity. And he didn't allow his position to, to lie to that lie of where he was at, mm. to get into his spirit about who he was. He was never a prisoner. Even in the prison, he was free. So mm. I think that each of us kind of has to, to take on that mentality. And the best part of his story to me is even when he got to the point of elevation, where the character had been developed and God was said, now is the time I'm going to reveal you. I'm going to uplift you. He, the character was so intact that even the people who hurt him worst, he still wanted to bless them. Hmm. See, that is the life that I want to live. I want to hmm. live a life where it's like, okay, God, some hard stuff happened. People didn't, people didn't, you know, agree with whatever you said. I didn't look like the right person or whatever it was. But as you are building up whatever's inside of me, when I get to the place where you're taking me to, let me have a heart like Joseph that I look back on those who may have wrongly accuse me. And all I want to do is bless them because your goodness has so overshadowed the pain. Oh, wow. Wow. That was powerful. That was a word. Now somebody just got free just from what a last statement. I always love asking that question because it gives me added insight, even into every person that I have the joy of sitting here talking with. I can see why his life is so impacting. I love what you just shared. We are not limited by our circumstances. And that goes back to the very first thing that we said. And I'm going to kind of close with this truth that matters to kind of wrap up what you were just saying in this last section of the book, you encourage us to be what I call wide receivers. I have a friend that prayed once, God, just make us wide receivers. I'm not even a football fan, but I understood what she meant was, Hey, I'm open. I'm open and help me God to be a wide receiver of what you want to give me. And you write this. My only limitations are the ties I allow to bind me. And as you just said about Joseph, I thought about that. He could have thought people forgot me, a limitation. I'm in prison. I was wrongly accused. He had a lot of things, rightfully so, that he could have put out as his laundry list. And yet God was using even those difficult circumstances to advance him, to to elevate him to where God was eventually going to use him in such a powerful way. You went on to say this, the only thing that can prevent us from walking into this new area is movement. Life is an open invitation from God to experience the fullness of his power on earth. This whole book is an invitation. And I feel like that's what your life message is. You're inviting us to live free the way God wants us to. And I want to close with this scripture, Luke 11, verse 33 through 36 from the message. You put this in the book as well. No one lights a lamp and then hides it in a drawer. It's put on a lampstand. So those entering the room have light to see where they're going. Your eye is a lamp lighting up your whole body. If you live wide-eyed and wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. 
If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a musty cellar. Keep your eyes open, your lamp burning, so you don't get musty and murky. Keep your life as well-lighted as your best-lighted room. Thank you for this invitation, Dr. Sandra, to live free, to be everything that God has called us to be. Whatever limitation you feel like you're walking in today, I pray that this conversation has encouraged you. Remove those limitations through the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He's inviting you to be it unto you. As as he has said, all we have to do is cooperate with him working in our lives. So thank you so much, Dr. Sandra, for your voice in our generation. And I would love for you to pray over our audience as we close today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And it's a pleasure and honor to get a chance to close this in prayer. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for every person who's listening. I thank you that you have given us each this opportunity, each this invitation to join you, to join you on the adventure of a lifetime, to join you in a place where we don't have to worry about comparison or perfection or envy or whether or not we can balance it all or we can control it all. And we don't have to live under any limitations. This invitation, Lord, allows us to be able to move forward with you in confidence and in in trust and knowing, God, that your timing is perfect, that your will for our life is good, God, and that you desire to show us things that we've never seen before as we move and as we are being led by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just pray for every person who may feel those, those restraints of past lies, past beliefs that they have adopted even as their own identity and that they have allowed to keep them um, bound in any way. Lord, we just pray that your freedom, that they just get a taste of your freedom. Lord, just one taste is enough to make us hunger for more. And so I just pray that over them today, that as they taste the freedom of moving with you, and that as that hunger increases, Lord, you will take them deeper into your word. You will take them deeper into your presence, and you will let them see the manifestation of your power as you move in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.